Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for that. Like I just love your call for people to just step up and step into their power and to be in that place, and it, it's so interesting because when I step in last minute, I never know 
if what I feel like I, I want to share with the folks in the room uh, is going to fit, but I think it totally does, is when we talk about stepping into our power, sometimes how it affects us. And the last couple of weeks, one of the stories in the Bible that has really stood out to me has been Moses' story. You know, here, here's a guy who uh, is thrust into the middle of taking a leadership role that wasn't necessarily uh, on his radar. I mean, I don't know about you and, and if this has ever happened to anybody else in this room, but there are so many moments in life where we get thrown into a position of leadership that we didn't expect, that we have this amazing moment or this crisis or this revelation that comes to us that, that gives us a vision, that gives us a calling, that pushes us forward. And then you kind of have the, oh my gosh, what do I do now moment? And I think about Moses. And if you're not familiar with the story, it's, it's to break it down as simply as possible. He was in exile from his homeland. He's got a complicated past and he's out tending the sheep one day and this bush in front of him catches on fire, except the bush really isn't burning up, which is the presence of God. And God says to Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to lead the Israelites who have been captive slaves to the Egyptian people for hundreds of years. I want you to go. I want you to speak to the Pharaoh. I want you to take the people and lead them to the promised land. And I don't know about you, but there have been plenty of moments in my life where, where something has presented itself, where I, I believe wholeheartedly in my faith that God has put something in front of me. And it, it's kind of that burning bush moment where we're shown our territory, where we're shown our place to rise up, where we're shown the place where we can step into our power, where, where something's revealed to us that we can become everything that God created us to be, that we can step into that very purpose that he's knit inside of you. And, and maybe for some of you in the room, as you're listening to this today, when you think about this idea of like a, a burning bush moment, maybe for you that burning bush moment is that burning desire that's been set inside of you. That the burning bush is actually that thing that's driving inside of you, that vision, that call, that passion, that thing that you wake up every morning thinking about, that when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you're thinking about, that call to start a business, that call to start a family, that call to, to, to build a friendship, to speak out on something, to become a voice or a resource for somebody in the midst of something, whatever that is, maybe the burning bush moment for you is that thing that is inside because sometimes I think our burning bush, we're looking for something around us. I, I think a lot of us have spent a lot of time looking for like that, 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 that marker in life. You know, that thing that's like, oh, there it is. There's my flashing neon sign that says, here's what you're supposed to do. Because we, we haven't been able to learn to trust that, that passion and vision that God's put within us. But however you come to that revelation moment, however you reach your burning bush moment, I think some things are, are common for all of us that were very true for Moses in his journey. So I'm going to go through these in the next few minutes, and I would love for us to just talk, uh, those of us here on stage, and if you've got a question or you want to share your experience, you certainly uh, raise your hand, and we'd love to hear from you today. But I think there are roughly about 10 things. We'll see if I get through all 10, but 10 things that were true for Moses that may be true for you. And I say this every time I come in here, if you've got pen and paper, you're taking notes, like, Take some notes on this. Write this down because self-awareness is one of the biggest keys that we have to becoming great leaders. And one of the things about inviting others in our journey with us 
to surround us, to support us, and to make us stronger and better as we move forward. As you look at the top of this room, we talk about we, we all, we're all going to do this together. So I want you to move with me together today because it, it may reveal ways that you need support with other people together to move forward. But, but the first thing that I think is true in Moses' burning bush moment, in, in stepping into that place of leadership and, and changing the world, changing history, is that much of his being chosen in that position of leadership, being inspired, being driven to that vision, being called to that place, had very little to do with his ability, but had everything to do with his availability. And so a question that I want you to ask yourself today is in that thing that maybe you've been a little insecure, maybe you're afraid of, or or maybe you're unsure of, about stepping forward into the very thing that God has for you, that the world is set in front of you to do, is are you questioning your ability Or maybe if you stop and take an inventory for just a moment, maybe that thing is right in front of you because you are simply available. A phrase that I grew up hearing in church all the time, and I probably used it a thousand times as as a pastor when I was pastoring churches, uh, was was that the the reality is, is that God doesn't call the capable, he calls the available. God's not looking at your capabilities. He's looking at your availability. So maybe for some of us in this room, at times we need to stop and say, is it just that I'm simply available? But we often get caught in the insecurity of thinking that I I don't have the ability. But what I do have is the availability. You know, the second thing is, is that we all deal with insecurity. Moses definitely dealt with insecurity. I mean, he, he didn't know if he could speak well enough when God told him to go talk to Pharaoh. And, and how could he prove that God had sent him there? And how, how could he show these things? And he was really questioning his ability. And it played out as an insecurity. So how many of you, just like me, have sat in moments and allowed your insecurity to overwhelm you, stop you from stepping into that moment of being great, of being everything that God called you to be, of activating the power that is inside you. Are we caught behind our insecurities? Maybe for for you, you can write, write whatever that is down. So many times when I step into it, I just wonder like, Oh, I've never done that before. I've never accomplished that before. I'm not an expert in that. I don't know if I could lead that. I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. One of my good buddies, C-Rock, who sometimes is here, and you guys have probably seen him around Clubhouse, one of the things that I love that he says often, he is a non-tech tech founder. That was an insecurity that I dealt with. When I stepped away from leading churches and stepped into the technology world as a founder and a CEO is is really struggling through. I'm not a tech person, but I was going to lead a tech company. But so much of the time I was I was thinking about that first thing we talked about, which was my ability. And when I couldn't list out my ability, it got me caught behind my insecurities. Which leads to the third thing. That, I, that was true for Moses and I think is true for a lot of us is that Moses was a man of incredible 
amount of excuses. So every time God asked him to do something in that story at the burning bush, when God said, you need to speak to Pharaoh, it literally Moses said to him, I, I, I don't speak well. I'm not an orator. I, I, can't, I can't get up there and, and give this speech to, to a world leader. Like, well, how do I do that? And God said to Moses, and this is what I love, and I think God has to say this to each one of us at some point in our life. God actually says to Moses in the scriptures in Genesis, when you read the story, he says, am I not the God who created your mouth? I wouldn't call you to this if I wasn't the creator of the thing I'm asking you to use. Something that some of us need to stop and take an inventory. If you're, if you're taking notes today, that maybe part of the inventory or the notes that you're taking today need to be this, is a realization is something that I saw with God in this moment with Moses. And I know it's true for me, and I know it's true for you. When you pause for a moment and take a look, God was always speaking to his potential and wasn't accepting his excuses. When Moses said, but I don't know that, that, that Pharaoh is going to believe that I, I come backed by you. He, how, how am I going to prove that? And he said, take the rod in your hand, toss it down. And, and he, he had this miracle where the rod becomes this serpent. And it's this incredible thing where God just continues to show up. And when I read the scripture and, and throughout my faith and, and my own journey, every time I started to make an excuse and tell God, but God, I can't, but God, I'm not capable, but God, what about this? But God, the, what I've seen every time is God shows up and says, let me show you that I got this. God is not going to call you to something that he won't equip you for. And when we stand behind our own excuses, what we're really doing is making a statement that says, God, you are not capable enough. So what excuses are getting in your way? Number four, and this is a big one. This goes back to the insecurity thing. Well, let's call it what it is. We've all had failures and mistakes. And so often we measure ourselves against our worst moment. Not our potential. Not our wins. Because when the lights are out, when, when, when we're not listening to ourselves or others, and, and when we're just caught in our thoughts and the vision and the passion and the calling that's in front of us, so often we limit ourselves by our failures. How many times have you done that? You want to stop and take a, a moment in an inventory in Moses' life. This is a kid who, or, or a man at this point in his life, almost 80 years old at this time, who has literally been uh, pushed out of his own home by political means, adopted by a wealthy family, raised as an adopted child with a, with a confused identity of some sort, who got angry in a fit of rage. He killed a man, buried him, and left as a refugee, went from living in royalty to being a shepherd in the hillside. He had a sordid past. And yet that wasn't an excuse enough for God not to call him to do something great. How many times in your own journey, I know how many times I have in mind and I still struggle with it sometimes when I come up against something new and big and incredible and amazing, an opportunity that I get to do that I stop and, and, and start thinking like, but, but, but what if they found out that I failed or what if they found out that, that I, I messed up before or what if they find out that I still don't have it all right? 
how many times do we let our failures become the measure of what we're capable of? How many times? Now, here's a big one. Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. We all have to learn in our leadership journey. It was true for Moses. And I think this goes with what's at the very top of this room in Clubhouse today, just the idea of togetherness. Moses was a guy who almost always tried to take on more than he could handle. He was always trying to shoulder more burden than he really needed. And that's because he did step in into a place of leadership and he took it so seriously. But in part of his story and his journey, his father-in-law, Jethro, comes to him. He's like, dude, you've got to fix this, man. You, you're, you're taking on too much. Like, you're going to collapse. You're going to burn out. You're going to come apart. At some point, when you choose to step over your insecurities and over your excuses and stop measuring yourself by your failures and you step into that place of leadership, one of the places that you have to be super careful as you go take your territory, as Cameron was saying, as you go out there and you lead, is to make sure that you don't take on more than you can handle. And what Jethro said to his, his son-in-law, he said, Moses, you've got to appoint other leaders. You've got to delegate. You need help. Some of us, we get so exuberant about the thing that we're leading, or maybe we're just control freaks or we're OCD about the way things get done and we have this attitude, if it's going to be done right, I've got to do it myself, or uh, I'm the only one who can make sure this works out the same. I've watched this. My dad has always been the best example in the world for me. He's got an unbelievably successful, incredible business, and I tried to work for him one time, but he's that type where he's the micromanager type. And he likes to touch and feel and, and, and have control over every little bit and piece of it. And while that drives me crazy, I, I certainly can't criticize his success. But sometimes I step back and see the stress it puts on him. And the burden he brings on himself by not delegating. How many times have we all fallen prey to that? I used to think about this in, in raising my kids, too. When you've got five, six, seven young kids running around the house, you can imagine how much laundry gets done. I know how much dirty laundry I create over the course of just a matter of days. So you multiply that you know, tenfold, really, when you add kids because they're always getting into, into messes. And I finally realized one day I could manage making sure that these clothes are folded and clean and put away properly, or I could teach my kids how to do it and not shoulder the entire burden of 8,000 pieces of laundry that need to be done. As you lead, as you take your territory, as you struggle through becoming a leader, as you struggle through becoming everything that you've been created to be, remember that you can't go about it alone. You can't handle it all alone. You need other people, and you need a moment in your life where you say, I can delegate. I can delegate. As leaders... One of the things I want to point out, the next thing that I see in Moses' story that I think is really important for us to understand is really realizing that our, our entire story 
every step of the way, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, the things we still don't understand, the things that confuse us, they're all part of this amazing plan that was laid out for us. So whether you see this as God, Jesus, Allah, the, the universe, how, however you look at your faith, the greater entity of the universe around us has architected this beautiful plan and invited us into the midst of it and allows us to be a part of it. And every moment up until today is a stepping stone in your path to becoming exactly what God wanted you to be. See, for Moses' birth and, and all of the different things in his story that led to his mom having to let him go because he was in danger of being killed, and he floated in a basket down a river at the most random time. And the Pharaoh of Egypt's uh, you know, family took him in and raised him. And he was, he was raised in privilege. And he had this connection so that when God called him later and he came back to Egypt, he had some form of favor with the leadership. And he understood what it meant to go there and be a leader. How many of us, those things, those tragedies, those struggles, those things in our past that could be our excuses are actually where our power is really created? And I believe things like that are things that only God can do. So one of the most important things that we can do is have gratitude for every step of our journey. In your journey and in my journey, I want you to stop for a moment, take an inventory of that entire process up until today. And how can you look at that and reframe those moments to have some gratitude that it was part of that story that was being created, that journey that was being architected, and that empowerment that was being placed inside of you to do the very thing that God put you on this planet to do. One of the other things I love about Moses' story, and it's probably because I'm adopt an adoptive dad. I have four kids that I raised that are were not born biologically to me. And I think about the power of the story of adoption. There's others of you in this room that's part of your story, whether it's how your family was created or whether it's how you had a family. But here's one thing that I know for sure. As we move through life, we become products of adoption over and over again, whether we're adopted into a group or a crowd or an industry or an opportunity at different points and places throughout our life, somebody steps in and chooses us to be a part of what they're doing. And I want you to actually think about this from a leader perspective that is often overlooked. When you choose to lead others, when you choose to step up, and whether that's you leading your family, you leading your spouse, you leading your friends, or you leading a big corporation or congregation or whatever it looks like for you, when people choose to follow you, they adopt you into a position of influence in their lives. You've been grafted in and accepted and taken in as that leader. So you have to stop and have a moment of humility and gratitude to be grateful that someone chose you. I think one of the most important and powerful things, and, and I want to kind of wrap my points up here. I won't get through all 10 of them because I want to give some time for discussion. But I think one of the most important things that we can learn in Moses' journey is something that I think we all need to know as leaders is something that stands out to me the most in Moses. 
without going into too much detail, circumstances being what they are throughout the entire journey of Moses going back to Egypt and getting the Israelites and leading them out and different circumstances happen and they wander in the desert and he survives this season of not knowing if he's going to get there and the people that he's leading being confused by him and frustrated by him and him being frustrated by God and him trying to act in his own power instead of what God put him to do result in the fact that he was never actually going to reach the destination, but the people he was leading were going to get there. But Moses had enough integrity to stay true to the calling and the power and the position that God put him in that he was leading, even though he knew he would never actually see the outcome. As you step into that place and that purpose that God has called you and put you on this planet for, are you willing and capable and able to continue to lead, even if you know you may never see the outcome. It's one of the most pivotal questions we have to ask ourselves as leaders. Am I willing to keep going, even if I know I may never see the outcome? I'm really curious what that means for you. Because I know for myself at different times, at different places, different points in my own journey, the truth is when I ask myself that question, the answer is no, I don't want to keep doing this if I don't get to see the outcome. No, I don't want to do that. I'm selfish. We have to be willing as leaders to get in front of the mirror and ask ourselves, will I be true to who I was called and created to be regardless of the outcome? I think there's so much incredible depth, but I'd love to take a moment uh, to hear from other folks here on the stage. You can just just speak up because I, I can't see all the stage, <laughs> but uh, just speak up. I'd love to hear your thoughts or your the things you've learned as you've taken your territory, as you've stepped up, as you've wrestled with becoming a leader in your journey. What are the lessons you've learned or what stands out to you in Moses' journey that you can take away from this discussion today? Wow, thank you. This is Professor Michael. Thank you for sharing these deep truths. Because it's very, very difficult to lead if you don't understand this fundamental truth about the mosaic journey. The people you're leading out of darkness or out of bondage or out of poverty will not always appreciate the good you're doing. But you have to keep going because you have the vision of the promised land. You have the vision of the destiny and the destination. You clearly have seen it. So when you get to the Red Sea, panic sets in. When you come across an obstacle, questions arise in your mind. That he heard the voice to say, look, that thing in your hand is not a rod. So you, all of us have something in our hand that is bigger than a rod, better than a rod. It's a multifunctional thing in our hand. If we stretch it, the Red Sea, that big obstacle will part. If we're intimidated by Pharaoh's army, intimidated by the waters in front of us, then our entire crew and our mission in life will collapse. But if we step forward, we'll walk through the Red Sea like in dry land. 
So leadership is about crisis management without any thank you from the people you are leading. This is Professor Michael. Thank you for sharing. Professor from London, I'm done speaking. Thank you, brother. That is so true. I think that's one of the biggest things in, in leadership. You know, sometimes people are drawn to the idea of leadership by having the, the fellowship in the crowd who thinks they're amazing. But sometimes part of being a leader is not being seen as amazing or not being appreciated all the way through and being willing to continue to lead no matter what. So I thank you for sharing that. Somebody else, who else wants to, to speak up today? Hey, Michael, this is Yen. I also hey, wanted to... Hi. Um, also, first of all, um, it's just so amazing what, uh, when you mentioned that, um, you know, you have adopted, uh, you know, many children into the family. And uh, thank you for reminding us that, um, you know, throughout our journey, we are constantly being adopted um, into our friend circle and, uh, you know, our um, non-blood related families and uh, all the relationship that we foster we are in a way being adopted and um, yeah so I, first of all i wanted to thank you for that insight i've never thought about it this way and it's deeply touching um thank you so much and also you know i want to say that uh, moses story is uh, also my favorite uh, leadership story and um i think you know I, I i i identify with it in a slightly different way yours is from the uh, adoption angle and for me um i just uh, um what I identify with Moses is that um, I, um, I know that I am so broken. And when I look back at all the missions, um, tasks that God um, asked me to do, I've always got, uh, you know, <laughs> a thousand excuses. Um, some of these excuses uh, came from within myself, um, you know, my own doubts, my own weaknesses, um, and uh, many are true. My faults are always be before me, but you know some are uh, false narratives that the the world told me. Uh, you know, um, and I think Tamara also mentioned a lot of that um, earlier in her share as well, which I really appreciated. And so for me, uh, what I really appreciate from the Moses story is that, um, you know, uh, when a mission really, um, you know, <laughs> the mission really needs to start from uh, start with God. God really needs to tell me that, um, you know, it is him that um, asks me to do this and it is him uh, that will enable me to do it. And that is the only way for me to be able to do anything. And I think, you know, for a lot of us who feel that um, we are not enough, um, I think this uh, great story really tells that um, it is probably true, but God is enough because, you know, God starts with telling Moses who he is and, uh, you know, here I am who I am. And, um, and I think, you know, in a lot of times, you know, those dark moments when we look back and w if we can really remember where we started and how God graciously called us out of slavery and darkness into whatever great thing that he has gotten us to do. So how hard it, however hard it is, we would be able to go on that. And that is probably the only way for us to carry on. So um, thank you for bringing us back to the Moses story. And I know that um, this story will set me up in the right way for 2022 as well. Thank you, Michael, I appreciate you. Yeah, and thank you so much. I, you know, I think that's something that's incredible that you just said there is if the reality is is that so many times we are called to do great things but yes we have shortcomings we have failures like they're there 
and it doesn't mean they get erased. It doesn't mean they go away. They're there to remind us, I think, so much that we need something bigger than ourselves to continue to move forward, and we need other people with us, right? So we operate from our strengths and surround ourselves to undergird our weaknesses, and I think it's really important for us to know that, that it's not about us always getting it right or being perfect at what we do, but rather just being aware of who we are and being grateful for the opportunities in front of us. So, well, guys, that kind of wraps up my segment. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.